Hey there, everyone. This is David Bow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to be talking with a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur and investor, uh, Quentin D'Souza. And Quentin, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Whitby, which is just the east of Toronto. Fantastic. So if you don't know about Quentin, Quentin is a very, very sharp gentleman, probably one of the more educated real estate investors that I've uh, interviewed. In fact, Quentin's got three degrees under his belt. He was involved in the education business for many, many years as a school teacher. He got involved in real estate investing and retired or quit the teaching job at age 40. He's got a very significant portfolio and you name it, he's pretty much done it when it comes to real estate investing. His main focus right now is what did you call it, uh, Quentin? You call it buy, buy, fix, fix, refinance, and rent. BFRR. Some yeah, people well, call it other things, but that's boring. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Quentin, yeah. welcome to the call. We're going to start the timer right now. And just to get an idea, let me know how did you first get involved in real estate investing? Well, I went down the path of experimenting with a lot of different things, stock market, looking at bonds, trying different avenues to make money, website stuff. And really, real estate was something that I started to learn about. I joined you know, a real estate club in, uh, actually, they were based out of Calgary, uh, Rain, yep. and um, that was a great start. Learned a lot in my first you know, year and a half with them. And then, um, you know, just kept wanting to learn and do more things and started to buy properties uh, three, four at a time, not at the same time, but over a year, right? Uh, did rent-to-owns, did some assignments. When one year I did like a dozen flips, you know, it was just a lot of uh, learning and, you know, growing and keep building the portfolio. Now I have properties that, from single family homes up to a 12-unit building. And, you know, just continue to grow and learn and, you know, encourage people to do the same thing. I, I want people to, to uh, be able to take their money out of the stock market and actually, you know, instead of invest and pray, you know, just be able to create cash flow now and then they can do whatever they want, right? So, Amen, brother. You're preaching to the choir here. That's for sure. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So, Quentin, you, you mentioned it when we started. You've got a specific strategy that you focus on. You've done lots of different things. Mm -hmm. But can you walk us through your primary strategy and what you like best about it? Sure. I guess the best part about it is that you're, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of really good things about it. Like you, if you do it really well, you get all or even more, you get paid to own a house. It continues to cash flow. Uh, you get the benefits of buy and hold. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's easier if I explain with the deal that I'm doing, if that. Sure, yeah, go for yeah. it. Okay, so right now I've got a property that I'm working on in Bowmanville. So this east of Toronto again, and bought the property for 385 private sale, lots of work, right? The pool looks like a skate park. There's graffiti on the walls. I took out, uh, my team took out five bins of 40 yard bins of garbage out of the wow. property so it was they left a grand piano there which was crazy we're creating a legal duplex so the bottom uh, part is going to be a two bedroom upstairs is a four bedroom 
Okay, so we bought it for three eighty-five. We're putting sixty into it. Uh, the house across the street, which is not a duplex, sold for five twenty-five. Wow! And so we should be able to get up to five seventy-five to six hundred for that property. So our refinance will be higher than the amount of money that we put into it. So mm-hmm. we should get paid a little bit after the full um, renovation, and then continue to own the property. And it, the rents are eighteen hundred for the upper unit plus utilities, and the downstairs unit is fourteen hundred plus wow. utilities. That's so, very good rent. Yeah, so we'll end up with uh, we'll still cash flow, you know, four hundred bucks after the refi. So it's hard not to like these are like, and that's, don't get me wrong. That's a home run, right? Like, you know, that's not a single or a double. That's a home run and it doesn't happen all the time, but a a single or a double with using this strategy, maybe you get left in like, you know, 10% of the the purchase price, which is, you know, still an awesome return, right? So you're, you really force the value up of the product and you still continue to cash flow and, and own the property. So that's yeah. my, yeah, that's well, why I like it. Congratulations. That sounds like a fantastic deal. Now, mm-hmm. when you've been doing, how many years have you, have you been investing for now at this point? 15 years. 15 years. All right. And you talked about, you've done rent owns, you've done flips, you've done all sorts of different things. So knowing what you know now, if you were starting all over again, would you do anything different? What would you do differently? Knowing what you know now? Well, probably would have held on to more of those flips that I did. <laughs> you know what? I hear you, man, because I didn't do flips in the traditional sense of the word, but did some creative deals, did a, quite a few rent-to-own deals. And that was always my pain of the whole thing. It's like, okay, you sell the property, and now what? Now you got to go find another one to do it again, and you've just lost out on all the long-term benefits of real estate. Yeah, that's what I realized uh, afterwards is that flipping is really a job again, right? And same with like the rent to own stuff, it really becomes a job again, because now I'm going back and having to replace the asset. Whereas what I found with the buy, fix, refinance and rent is you're really forcing appreciation. And then, you know, you continue to own the asset. It's like a long flip, right? Like, and, you know, I find that it works out well. The, there's added benefits too. Like, so if I wanted to, the finished product, I could joint venture, right? So, I'm, and then I get paid even more. So like, let's say at 600,000, I joint venture to a partner who he gets at once a turnkey duplex, still cash flows, still does well, puts in 120 for, and then I eat the, you know, the legal costs or whatever, they're still getting a quick return and cash flow and long-term appreciation. So now I'm making even more on that. Right. Because uh, you maintain a 50% ownership in the property in that case, right? Yeah. So from a tax perspective, I'm selling 50%. So I still have to go through that rigmarole, but you get paid and you get paid and then, you know, you continue to own it. (laughs) Smart. All right. Yeah. So this is kind of related to that last question. What, because I know you, train and coach people. You've got a very well-established real estate investing club Mm -hmm. um, that you've been running for over 10 years now. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see other real estate investors making, especially new investors? Yeah. You know, what I find happens is that we really, real estate investors go through three distinct stages, right? The, the first stage is like the building stage, right? And then the second stage is the growth stage where you kind of see income and equity surpass what your required income is, right? 
And then the third stage, I call it like the defend stage. That's like, you know, as you get older, maybe, you know, you do VTBs or you're, you're trying to structure your portfolio to pass that along to your children or, you know, you're selling assets, right? Right. So most people, what happens is they sell in the building stage and they never make it to the growth stage, right? It's like, it's like a hockey stick, right? So, you know, you have the base of the hockey stick. And what ends up happening is, you know, people sell just as the hockey stick goes up right here, right? That's what happens with like rent to owns too. It gets sold right here, but then you miss all that growth with the whole stick. That's the growth phase that you're missing, right? So you want to be able to to do that. And that's what happens a lot. You know, like I would say, you know, 90% or more of investors sell in that building phase, never make it to the growth phase. And the growth phase is where like the magic happens, right? Like this is where you're getting like compound growth. You know, you're getting real wealth at hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time, right? And if you scale that, and let's say you do that with 10 properties, like it doesn't take long to gain millions, right? So it's all about that patience, isn't it? You know, and that's an awesome point that you brought up. You're, you're the first person I've talked to that's really brought that forth. So I really appreciate that, Quentin. It's, it's, we all tend to be so impatient and you see that, hey, if I sold, I bought the property here and you calculate everything, I could make a quick 50 or 75 grand. But instead, if you, if you held on to it for another 10 years, you could be making three, 400 grand on that property. That's what it's all about. So yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of funny, you know, like I, when, when somebody in the club talks about a flip, it's kind of like, Oh, everybody's so interested in it. Oh, this is so sexy. You know, like, Oh man, tell me on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Right. But the, the truth is, is that you're, that person has a job. Yeah. That's all they do. They just have a job. And, and it's a risky you, one at that. And it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's much better for me to get paid every month and have recurring income from that, you know, and uh, just, you know, have management in place, have things running smoothly and then checking in on it. Like my little businesses are running on their own. Right. So nice. That's, you know, you're creating the passive income. That's what it's all about. So, you know, when you're working with people, well, let me ask this different. Yeah. What do you think would be your unique advantage or your unfair advantage, as Kiyosaki calls it, when it comes to real estate investing? My unfair advantage is that you I, you know, I, I feel like I know a lot of people and I keep an open mind and I'm always learning, right? I don't feel like I know everything. And if I... Like, for example, that grand piano that got left in my house, there was a guy from my high school who actually refurbishes pianos. So he, with his, his like, girlfriend, just two of them together, came and they moved the grand piano wow. themselves, okay? And, like, I would never, like, I looked at it, like, how am I going to get this out of there, right? But, you know, they were able to do it, and they, they actually folded the piano up on its side and were able to, to get it out. I was... I, blown away right but it you know like things like that having other people that know what to do to be able to help you comes from keeping an open mind you know I have a really good reputation like people who know me know that I do what I say I'm gonna do like people think that real estate business is a bricks and mortar business it's not it's relationship business right and that's what you know one of my things is I I, if you if you cross me oh 
you're in trouble, man. <laughs> but like, you know, you're my friend, no problem. Like right. this is definitely, uh, you know, we're well together for years and years, right? So Makes sense. Yeah. So when you're working with clients, when you're working with real estate investors, what are some of the biggest problems that you help them to solve? Yeah, you know, a lot of it comes from fear, the unknown, right? And I get them uncomfortable and I get them doing things that they don't like to do right away. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. So like for in my coaching program, I have a lot of online materials and online modules and things that they can go to to get the knowledge. But it's, you know, there's content everywhere. What I do is I give them actions. We use a software program that uh, gives that gives them a to-do list. So I give them things that they need to do. And a lot of the things they have to check off doing are like going out and getting things done and then coming back and reporting. Because I find that what happens a lot is that they'll read it or they'll listen to it or they'll view it, but won't do anything. So, you know, action is the key to you know, succeeding in real estate. And I actually trademarked the term action taker because that's the, you know, the name of my program, the action taker program. And that's what the key is, is that people go out and they take actions and they do. And I actually fire coaching clients. I don't need the money to, you know, I do really well with what I do and I don't want to waste my time. So I've let like, sorry, this isn't working. You're not doing like your condition to work with me is, like I'm going to give you tasks, you're going to do them. If you don't do them, we're going to part. You know, that's it. That, that's the school teacher, and you're coming out. That they, they get an F. <laughs> yeah, well, they they get out of here. I don't I don't give Fs. Uh, you know, I, I kick you out of the program. I fire people. That's the way yeah. it goes. So with that in mind, so fear kind of being the big thing, not taking action, procrastination. What would be like a uh, an action that our listeners could take to help them overcome that fear, what would you suggest if somebody wants to, they recognize you say, you know what? Yeah, I'm in that batch. What would you suggest being a one action they could take to help overcome that? Yeah. Hang out with people who are, are taking action, right? You know, that's the easiest thing to do. Find a group of people. There's a lot of like clubs and places online. Now you can go to meetup.com and find you know, things that are going on in your area and just meet other people who are doing it. By default, you're going to end up doing it, right? Just because you keep hanging out and you keep hearing about these things going on and you'll get comfortable with it and you go out and you'll start to do it. Buy, like, I mean, I'm not that inexpensive, but like you buy an investor lunch, right? Or take them out and, you know, let's see if they'll give you some time you know, um, maybe they might and then um, get some insights that way and help, you know, but then go out and do something. The worst is people who are, you know, asking you all these questions and you give them the answer and then you follow up with them and they don't do anything. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, it just drives drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, It drives me crazy. Yeah. All right. Quinn, we got a little bit less than two minutes here before our time's up. So if people are interested in finding out more about you, do you have any free resources you can offer folks that they so they can get a, a taste of Quentin D'Souza? Yeah, there is a renovation series that I put together and I interviewed basically different coaching students that I have and different Durham REI members mm-hmm. uh, going through all types of renovations. Mostly they're duplex conversions, sometimes they're vertical splits, and that sort of thing. So 
You can, uh, what was the URL? Oh my gosh. I, I gave it to you anyways. I'm, I'm so bad well, with this. I have it in the resources below. <laughs> okay. What's, check well, out what's below. The, so what's the best website for people to check you out on? Yeah, durhamrei.ca or durhamrei.com. That's the easiest one. And you know what? I'm really you know eager to uh, engage with real estate investors who are actually going out and doing things. So I po I post articles on there and you know um, have a like a scoring system so that you if you want to look at a property and you're buying it privately, which is what I do like 70, 80% of the time, oh. I have a scoring system that I use to be able to identify with the star system and all of that. I, it's actually available on that website as well. So they can check that out for free too. Yeah. Awesome. Lots of great tools. Yeah. Wait, it's been a real pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for your uh, wisdom and I uh, look forward to keeping in better touch with you. Uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you, Dave. You know, you look a lot better in person. Like you look like, oh, no, wait, oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> all right. There you go. Good timing. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.